Every one of us sitting here today has received something from God. You received life from your mom and your dad. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. You've come through your life, and many of you, probably most of you sitting in here today, at some point you gave your life to Jesus, invited him into your heart, and you've been going along ever since. Amen? Because he's given us salvation freely. Freely he went to that cross, and as we sang a few minutes ago, folks, there is no other name but Jesus, whereby we must be saved. No other way. There's no other way that can happen. But when we got saved, God did something for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. said, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Now I'm going to read it in plain English. It says the same thing. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run such a way as to get that prize. It wasn't over when we got saved. It just got started. All right? So when we got saved, we got something to rejoice about. We got something to be extremely happy about. We got something that we have hope. Is to know that whenever we're done here or when the Lord is done for this earth happening how it's happening, heaven will be our home. Thank God for that. But if you'll notice, nobody in the Bible, Peter and those guys, nothing happened whenever they... Walked with Jesus when Jesus died and was resurrected and they realized and knew he truly is the Messiah. They knew it already, but now they really got it. They didn't die and go to heaven. I didn't and you didn't. So it ain't over. Now we have a little thing called, let me, help me Jesus. I had a conversation with a young man this week, and man, it was a great conversation, talking about, I'm not going to tell you the scripture, but anyhow, it was a viewpoint that talked about that we have the Spirit of God in us, and we do all these things, and there's nothing we can do to offend God. However, there's a scripture that says that if you can say anything that you want about Jesus, and that's good. You can be forgiven of that. But if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, you cannot be forgiven. We had a wonderful conversation. It was great to have that. But I told this to him, and I want you to get this. Anytime where you see that there is a contradiction, and by the way, pick a church, and you'll find somebody talking something different than I am this morning. The doctrine will be weaved this way or that way. What we have to do is we have to take the Bible for what it is. It says what it means and means what it says. And it ain't hard. I don't have to have a theological degree degree to get it. Sadly in America, that's the only way a lot of times you can get a minister's license unless you've gone through these hoops. It says what it means and means what it says. 
That's the Word of God, right? Can I get an amen on that? I want to make sure you're with me this morning. And I'm not going to fight the fight. Yes, I have grace, but I can't take and throw grace out and use it to live how I want. I can't take and throw grace out and use it to take anything that's in the Bible and take it away. Thank God for grace, because if it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't be saved. There would not be no use, right? And this may get on your theological things, but I just wanted to say we have to take the Word of God for what it is. So here in 1 Corinthians, it says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run? You see, there's a reason that we have to live a certain way. The reason the Bible gives us that. And he, he shows us this. Tonight... Homes all over this nation are going to be tuning in at 6 or whatever time it is to check out the Super Bowl. Churches will be closing down tonight or it may even be opening up to use their big screen to get everybody together. Let's watch football. I'm not going to cast them kind of stones, but what I'm saying is, is this is something big. And whenever he tells us this in the Word to run for this prize, that we are in a race and that we are to run this race, we got to look and understand that these people back in that day, they used the word for the race called stadion. That's where we get our word stadium. we got things happening in stadiums, right? We run races. We have the Olympics. But in that day, every two years, they had an Olympics going on. And these people would go out and they would Run this race, and only one could win, right? You can't have two winners. That's why we have sudden death. But only one would win, and the reason that they did that is that whenever they got done, whenever they received their crown, which back then was actually a crown with some leaves on it. Okay? Now, the crown that we're working for is a little bit more. Amen? And we ain't even going to keep it. We're going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because the only way that crown could come about for me was by his grace and by his mercy and by his spirit living in me and through me to be able to reach others. That's what that crown's going to be about. It's not going to be about how much soup you brought in today. That is serving God. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to get in trouble with nobody, but it's simply about souls. Jesus didn't die for soup. He died for souls. And he was resurrected to show that he has power over sin and death. And we got to believe that, right? Amen. So these guys would run these races, and whenever they got done, whoever was the victor, they had kind of like hero status in the community. In matter of fact, people looked at them as if they were gods. Yeah. They had, they were icons of society. I can get you three or four different boys up here that's between 10 and 18 and they got a pair of tennis shoes on and a pair of socks on that goes towards some icon. A pair of $2 socks that they'll charge you $22 for because that guy's name's on it. And the tennis shoes to boot. Ryan went out with some Chuck Taylors. He don't play any better in his Chuck Taylors than he does his KDs or whatever they're called. That's worth an amen, moms and dads, because you're spending the money like I am. Amen. That was a got that right. Amen. Because of these icons of society. You see, whenever they did this, they had respect and honor and notoriety and they had fame. 
Everybody knows who Tom Brady is coming up tonight. If you haven't, you haven't been watching the news because you can't even find out if it's going to snow or not without hearing about this game tonight. And about the deflation gate and all that, but I don't want to even go there. But these guys worked towards something. And Paul is showing us that as Christians, we're working towards something. And I'm going to tie this together here in a minute. But you see, it takes something to be able to get there. You've got to first have a desire to do it. Now we can sit and apply this to ourselves in our Bible. Why are we in church today? Why do we read our Bible? Do we read our Bible? Don't we read our Bible? Why is all this? We first have to have that desire to go in after God's Word. That desire to serve God. That desire to receive salvation. We have to have the desire to worship Jesus. Whether he's wrote in a book or on a wall, words are words. Hello. That's a good amen spot. Let me put my case sign out. Words are words and Jesus' name is Jesus' name. And if I'm going to give him glory, it don't matter what kind of tune I stick to it. Oh. This is coming straight from heaven. And we got to have the desire, number one, to be able to serve Jesus no matter what. Because there's an enemy on the other side of the world that might come here someday and they'll be ready to chop our heads off and to do things to us. Are we going to still worship Jesus? We have to have that desire. And these guys, what Paul is talking about, you've got to have the desire, number one, to be able to reach to this place. Number two, you've got to have the discipline to do it. How many of you know it takes discipline to read your Bible? It takes discipline to pray? It takes discipline to say, I'm not letting that come out of my mouth? It takes discipline. And we're talking about athletes here. These people we're going to watch tonight are there for for these reasons I'm giving you. There's a bunch of guys in the NFL. There's a bunch of teams. I don't know how many it is. They keep adding them on. Everybody wants a team. But what I'm saying is, is the people that are there tonight had the desire, and they've had the discipline better than the other guys that didn't make it. Amen? I mean, that's only true, right? Okay. The next thing is you've got to have the commitment and the focus. We have to be committed to serving Jesus. We've got to be focused on Jesus. It's not about the buildings. It's not about the speakers. It's about Jesus. Any man or woman who will stand in the pulpit and use it as a something, as a, a place for them to bring attention to themselves is in dangerous spot. It has to be about Jesus. We have to worship Jesus. Amen. Do it myself. The next thing that they got to do is they have to do some sacrificing and they have to sacrifice everything and anything that does not associate itself with that. People who run races, people who play football, that's what they live. People who do other things for a living that it takes some skill to do, that's what they focus themselves to. They don't go out and do just anything. They focus because, why? that's how they make a living. They got to be the best of the best in order to get a job. These people have to be the best of the best. So what I'm talking about is, is our callings and our different things that we are supposed to do. For the Lord. Okay? And whenever you put desire and discipline and commitment and focus and sacrifice 
What you have in an end result is called character. Christian character or not Christian character. I went to school with a young man. Nobody from our neck of the woods on that end of the state of Virginia never did anything, but maybe they might have made it to Farham College, but usually they didn't go anywhere else playing sports or whatever. This young man was three years behind me. I was a senior when he was in the ninth grade. And I could push him around. He was still kind of small. He was getting big. I wasn't mean to him. I'm talking about playing sports. I had a little more experience. But three years later when he's a senior, there's something different going on with this guy. He is big. Not only did the genetics happen, but he spent some time in the weight room. He spent some time watching film. And he did something that nobody in our hometown or in our whole county ever did. He got a full scholarship to West Virginia to play football. Now, did he set an example for somebody? Number one, he didn't go partying like the rest of us. Yeah, I was in that. Thank God Jesus saved me. You can be saved no matter where you're at. Amen? I was there. I know. And I'm not ashamed to say that I was. I wish I wouldn't have, but I was. But thank God Jesus pulled me out. But not him. He didn't go out and do that stuff and... You could show up at school because sometimes I'd get there early and he'd already been there for an hour in the weight room. He did not have one woman desire but to play football very well. And he stuck with it. And he stuck with it. And eventually he got a scholarship and he went and he played at this university of West Virginia and he ended up, I don't remember what round it was, he was drafted into the NFL for the Detroit Lions. He played center. And he went on and continued to getting better and better and better. And he actually got traded over to the New England Patriots. And he's got a Super Bowl ring. They didn't win that year. But this is from small town. And by the way, money didn't get him there. Single mom working as a nurse. Shift work. But something happened inside of her son. He had this desire. And this happened for him. There was another kid, though. His dad owned like 25 coal mines back in those days in the 80s. That was gold. And I remember going to his house. And I was driving a UPS truck for Christmas. Christmas help. Woo! And I got to go to this dude's house, and he had one of them Magnum P.I. Ferraris sitting in the driveway. Living on Swords Creek, Virginia. You want to know where that is? Go look it up and drive down it sometime. A lot of coal dust. It's not the cleanest community. There was a decent house and a Ferrari, a red one. And a little boy about yay high running around in the yard when I delivered my package. But you see, he knew something else. that One guy doesn't prove that you can get out of here doing something. And he played for Honeaker High School. I don't think Honeaker High School in 40 years has probably won 10 games. But he played for them, and he now plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You, you know him as Heath Miller. His dad's Sam. Because he saw, I can have a desire, but i got to have the discipline to get there. It's the same thing for you and me as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
we got to have the desire that we're going to serve Jesus. we got to have the desire that we're going to be in prayer. And we got to be good because Paul said we needed to. Remember, you got saved. You didn't get taken out of here then. You got work to do. I got work to do. Not everybody's called to be the preacher. Not everybody's called to be the musician. But everybody has a job to do. And can I tell you what? They're all important. Brother Eddie, you got a dollar bill on you. I don't even know if I got sweetie. Can I have a dollar bill? Stand up here with me. Let me borrow one of your dollar bills. I'll give it back to you. Yep. And we're going to pretend this one's mine and this one's yours, okay? I'm going to give it back to you. <coughs> now, Brother Eddie goes to work in a pair of blue jeans and a neon green shirt. And he handles your trash. I come to work on a Sunday and usually only a Sunday unless I'm at a funeral dressed in a suit. Otherwise, I don't wear it. Not that I got anything against them other than they choke you and they make you sweat and you look weird. Well, now, you all took up some, an offering for us today. And I'm going to get one of these, at least probably one. But you want to know something? Hold yours up. They look the same. No matter what profession we're doing, no matter what we're doing, but you know what? You're reaching people up there where you work because I hear the tales about what you tell. You get to talking about Jesus. Don't get puffed up because that can happen. The devil likes that to happen. But you don't know what? These greenbacks spend the same no matter who gathered them up and they got the same value. Not much. All right, thank you, bud. See, one, dad's, one guy's daddy couldn't buy him there. And the other one didn't have a daddy, and he got there. Why? Because he had some discipline in his life. He first had a desire. Then he had the discipline. Then he had the commitment and the focus to get there. You see what I'm talking about? That's what we are as Christians. And Paul said to run this race. We're going to run. we got to run. We are in a race, and we're doing something for Jesus. Now, whether or not we're talking about Jesus or we got the Bible in our hand, we go out and eat, we go shopping, we go do all kinds of things, and we represent Jesus. Go to another piece of Scripture if you want. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. You see, you got the race that you have, the career you have. God may call you to something else. You got music that you can play. You've got something that can be used for Jesus. You've got a job that you go to. You've got a family that you talk to. And the message is, is to lead people to Jesus. The message is, is to lead them to that freedom. He may call you into ministry someday. You don't know. But the point is, we all are got one thing in common. We are ambassadors for Christ, whether you like it or not. You walked in these doors today, and somebody probably drove by and saw your car and said, that bunch of heathens, because of something maybe you did, or maybe they perceived that you, or maybe even heard that you did, don't even know if you did it or not. And they take, and they look at all of us the same. You see, an ambassador goes into the foreign country 
And when he gets there, he has the word of the president or the word of the leaders. He represents them. You see, today we can still pull out a cell phone. If I was the ambassador for the United States and I could like send a text or talk or whatever on a, you know, on a satellite phone or whatever and tell the president, well, this is what they want or what they don't want and get his immediate response. But 200 years ago or more, when this country was born, there was a fellow that was an ambassador called Benjamin Franklin. And whenever he went across the ocean, he only had the orders of what they had, and he didn't forget them for three weeks' worth of boat travel. And when he got in there to the negotiations, he had the mind to be able to do these little things to be able to get the deals done. He didn't have to call and get approval. Some things I guess maybe he did, but he was the ambassador. He was laid out to do that. You and I are the ambassadors for Christ. What we do matters. Amen? Whether we want to be like bullfrogs and and do this or that, or whether we want to be all over, we matter because we are testifying of Jesus. It had been easy for me to have stayed home in bed. It had been easy for you to have stayed home in bed today. But when we got up, don't you feel glad that you came? Didn't you get lifted up singing this morning? Oh, my. And the devil don't like that. Let me give you a good example of ambassadors. My son had a ball game this week. And one of the teams that he played this week was a Christian team. They pretty much played Christian teams, Christian school Christian teams. But during their game, which was really close, they lost for like one point, but during that entire game, the ambassadors for Christ, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the school, but the ambassadors for Christ acted like a bunch of hoodlins in New York City. Well, that call didn't go right. What's wrong with you? Don't you have eyes? If you're going to call it that way, you've got to call it this way. These are people who love Jesus. Whether they know it or not, they are ambassadors for Christ over a ball game. And not only did those ambassadors teach the other ambassadors because once they got together, they just got real proud and brave. I didn't even want to be there in the same building with these people. But it bled over into the coach on the sidelines. He was a little less verbal because he could get in trouble with the refs more so, I guess, than they thought they could. But not only that, what happened left these po- folks over here, moms and dads and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas, came through the coach and 13-year-old boys are out there acting the same way all over a stupid ball game. That's worth an amen right there. It's good to have. It's good to play. It's good to have these things. But these people, when they walked out, they, man, they wouldn't even smile. They just won the game. And they had no smile. They had no joy. They had nothing. They did not want me to want to be a Christian. And when we walk in and out of here and we get to these places, I'm going to tell you what, when you get the sourpuss face happening in your life, you need to get to the altar. You need to get in the Word. You need to get praying. And you got to get that smile back on. you got to let that light shine so that people will know. Don't go looking for guys to join your cause. 
Because instead of one idiot, you've got a bunch. And I'm going to tell you, when you get into a bunch, you feel a lot braver. You don't hear the voice of God speaking to you no more. You see, that's what the sacrifice is. Somebody needed to stand up and say, wait a minute, guys, this ain't right. But it never happened. I'm going to go somewhere with you here that might not say it well, but I'm going to go anyway. That's the difference in the people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit controlling their lives and those that don't. You chewing on it or you get it or not, but I'm telling you that is truth. That is the difference. And we're going to sit and watch a game. You see, because they tainted Jesus. They tainted their school. We're going to break our necks to be in front of the TV at 6.42 or whatever time kickoff is. I don't even know. Anybody know? I don't want to know. What time is it? I don't want to know. It's going to be some weird time like that. But you want to know something? People are going to break their necks to go watch this game. And that's okay if you do. I'm not, t- I'm not telling you not to watch it. But I'm telling you, there's a team that's playing that if they win, they're going to be like Pete Rose was. An excellent baseball player. A guy who taught me to hustle by watching him play when I played baseball. But he made bad decisions and he'll never be in the Baseball Hall of Fame because he gambled. He tainted his reputation. And baseball said, you're not going to taint all of us. You see, the same thing can happen to us. Jesus is not going to stand by and let us idly taint him. Hello? He loves us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. But let me tell you something. You can walk away from him if you want to. You won't hear that in every church. You can't make me walk away and you can't make me walk away. That piano cannot make me walk away. But I got a choice just like I did when I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And I can taint his name. I can taint his work because I'm not in the race. I don't have the desire to make him look good. I don't have the desire to want to serve him. And tonight there's a team that if they win, their victory will forever be tainted because an ambassador for that team, whether it came from the high office or whether it came from the quarterback or whether it came from the water boy in a bathroom for 90 seconds or whatever they're trying to say, the bottom line is, is a representative of that team has tainted anything that they're going to do tonight. I'm watching the History Channel, maybe. No, I'm going to tune in and catch, catch Hal Lindsey, but do you understand what I'm talking about, church? I'm not trying to mix world with any of this, but I'm trying to help you to see we are in a race for Jesus. And we are. Every one of us are ambassadors for Christ. I'm an ambassador now that's a pastor. I was an ambassador that wore a badge. You're an ambassador up at the dump. You're an ambassador at your factory. You're an ambassador at your job. You're an ambassador at your job. We're ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. Amen. And so we need to make sure that we get these things down. And you ask yourself, do I have the desire to want to serve God in that kind of capacity? And if you don't, you don't. 
but you can ask him to give you that desire. You can ask him if, if you can have the discipline to be able to do what he wants you to do, and it will take discipline. Can I tell you that? You know, you get sick. Somebody gets sick, and they, they're down for three weeks, and unfortunately, the older we get, the worse it hits us. But they're down for three weeks, they're in the bed, and all of a sudden, they get up, and they're like, whoa. It's because they got muscles they haven't used for three weeks. They got weak. They must still have a touch of it. No, they ain't got a touch of it. Just their muscles ain't been working. Now, we do therapy now to get everybody strengthened back up. But that's what it's for. And our faith is the same way, folks. Our faith can get weak. And it can get weaker and weaker and weaker. Especially if we'll use a bunch of peddly junk to cause us to walk away and not want to be serving Jesus. Can I tell you something? He done the most thing that anybody could do. He did something that none of us could do. And that is, is he gave his life on a tree. Now you want to talk about a man's man? You can follow Jesus and have his spirit living in you. And you can have all the heart that you have. And you can have all the... Can I tell you something? Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is I got the power to do it. And I got the know-how not to do it. You know, the old Ken at that ball game the other day wanted to walk down there and stick the badge on and say, hey, buddy, you want to shut up? Hmm? Provoke him so I could arrest him. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you what's there. The old Ken was there, but he ain't there no more. I didn't get up and do it. But the referees were super. They handled it. And sadly... That bitter taste is in a lot of mouths. And sadly, they're reproducing. Because they don't have the love of Jesus for some reason. I don't know. Over a basketball game. Over a stupid game. Now, there's guys tonight that they don't care whether or not their reputation is tainted or not. They're going to make millions of dollars. They're going to get rings on their fingers. Some of them got a couple of them already been there. But our society sits and looks at it. You want to know the condition of our society? Yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference if they hadn't have done it or not. They won by so much. What would have been a two-point game or a three-point game? Would it have mattered then? Cheating is cheating. Lying is lying. Sin is sin. You look hard enough, somebody will help you to work your way around it. He's called the devil. He'll make it look religious. He'll make it look good. Don't go looking for his opinion or no one else's opinion. The Bible says here that you got the Spirit of God to call on, and when the Spirit of truth comes, he will teach you in all things. John 10, 10. You don't need Ken's opinion. You don't need Jensen Franklin's opinion. You don't need Pastor such and such here, there, or yonder's opinion. No, you need the Word of God, and you need the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to teach you all things. If he'd have been around and we'd been listening to him, we wouldn't have all these problems that we got. The body of Christ has been so beat up and broke up and split up over the last 2,000 years, it is pathetic. All because people didn't listen to the Holy Ghost. You think he's so confused that he doesn't understand and know what truth is? But it can change, amen? You wanted to feel good, didn't you? Ken failed. But I gave you what Jesus wanted me to give you. You have a chance to serve him, and you have a chance to be a superstar in heaven. 
But it ain't about you, it's about him. Amen? If you'll stand to your feet this morning. Brother, Brother Jeff. If there's something that you're looking at and you feel, well, man, you know, I think I might have fallen a little bit. I've failed Jesus a little. I don't feel like I failed. I want to just do more. You can come and pray. We'd love to pray with you. You can write it on a prayer request, and we want to pray with you. You don't have to put your name on it. But we want to pray with you because you know what? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, let me, t- let me take you somewhere just now. You might be saying, well, I'm not feeling much liberty there, preacher. Am I so powerful that I can stop the hand of God from blessing your life? If I was the devil himself, I couldn't do that. If Danny was the devil himself, he couldn't do that. Serve God. Worship God. Give him glory. You want him to come in? You want him to be close? You want to feel his spirit anymore? Start your own little worship service right where you're at right now and start worshiping him in whatever way you need to. Prayer, you can sit down and start reading your Bible. That's worshiping God. Anytime you're thinking about God, anytime you're doing it, you're giving God worship. Amen.